Hi everyone, the Complex PTSD Guy here. Today I want to do a topic about self-destructive personality and remedies for that. Also, I'll focus on a few specific things such as laziness, social isolation, and self-criticism. I found a really good article about this. I'll start out by saying that I'm not a doctor or psychologist, I'm just someone living with complex PTSD and I'm sharing my own ideas and experiences. So I was reading an article, as I mentioned, this relates to some topics that I've talked about before, such as isolation. I don't know if I've ever discussed laziness. That word sort of stood out to me when I read that word in the article. I'm also going to talk a little bit later about HALT, H-A-L-T, which I've discussed before, but I don't know that I've ever specifically focused on loneliness, the aspect of loneliness in the word HALT, and how that can affect Um, urges or maybe your addictions or things like that and actions that you might take part in that you regret. So in this article, I'll just go ahead and read it. It's not very long. Um, It's called Three Signs of Deeply Self-Destructive Person. Psychologists always try to find reasons behind such behavior. It's by someone named, I think her name is pronounced Ola Baeva. It was from December 28, 2020. So as you scroll down, I'm just going to read this. You may think you have no self-destructive behavior. You don't know this exactly. Some of your behavior might be normal for you, but not for everyone. Look at your life carefully and analyze yourself. You might realize you have some self-destructive signs once you remember your dreams, relationships, and accomplishments. It doesn't mean you develop self-destructive habits, but you might have some of them which worth to check out which I guess are worth to check out. If you find similar signs of self-destructive habits, it's time to improve yourself. You'll understand the reasons behind your behavior and will be ready to remove them. And here's some of the ones I mentioned. So I'm going to discuss the first one last, and there's a reason for that. The first one is laziness. I'm going to discuss that one last. There's only three here. The second one is social isolation. It talks about self-destructive people isolate themselves from their peers in society. There is an interesting tendency of feeling better without the surrounding people. It feels like communication might hurt you. If you're doing the same, you might have a sign of self-destructive. Self-destruction, excuse me. It goes on to talk about alienation. Um... But basically, self-destructive behavior would be, let's just say, you know, drinking too much. Um, That would be one example. The third thing is self-criticism. You look at the TV and think how cool is X superstar. You think you're not. You have a successful neighbor who earns more money than you, and you're not. You always dream about X thing, but you can't afford it. Others can. You feel so guilty about actions you didn't do, but not ready to do them. You criticize yourself when you compare yourself with others. So this is something I do a lot. Um, I criticize myself and I beat myself up a lot. Um, I don't know if that stems directly from the complex PTSD. It probably does in some way or another because I think it all goes back, as I've said before numerous times, to the incompetence thing, which comes from, in my opinion, the cognitive issues that come from childhood um, neglect or abuse, and that is where my complex PTSD comes from. So because those cognitive abilities, in my opinion, were impaired, 
it affected all of my education and learning growing up, and that's where that incompetence thing comes from. Um, I think a lot of that goes back to the self-criticism, because if you do one little thing wrong, it kind of takes you back to that, that feeling of incompetence. But now I'm going to read about the laziness factor, and as I said, I was going to do this last. This is the third thing. And this is the one that stood out the most to me, because when I read laziness, I thought, I'm not lazy, I work two jobs, you know, I work a lot of hours, I only have one day off during the week, but there's a lot of things that I should do also throughout the day that I don't do, because I like laying on the couch and just chilling out, when really I should be doing things that I know I need to do. So number one, laziness. Laziness is one of the self-destructive signs. I never would have thought that, but I think they have a good point here. It has a lot of forms, and its level may vary. If you have self-destruction, it means you're not ready to take action or responsibility. I think that's very true. If you read a lot of negative stories, it'll, it'll affect you. Group laziness, research by scientific journal publishers, shows how group laziness affects you. And this is their example. Social loathing has been defined as a phenomenon in which people exhibit a sizable decrease in individual effort when performing in groups as compared to when they perform alone and has been regarded as a state variable. In this study, we instead conceptualized so social loathing as a habitual response, given that many people have been found to be susceptible to social loathing and group tasks. For example, um, if you're connected to people who feel laziness, it'll affect you. I have an example of group laziness effect in my life. This is from the article. When I was working full-time, I got a pain in my back. They talk about how they started going to the gym, and then the people at the gym started going to the cafe instead of the gym. So it was kind of this group mindset of, let's not go to the gym anymore. So basically, those are the three things in this article that I wanted to point out. Now, the reason I'm doing this podcast is because I like to focus on what is the opposite. So, remedies for these three things. So, I'm going to start out with social isolation. I'm going to give you the definition, and then I'm going to give you the remedy, because the remedy would be the opposite. So, social isolation definition. The lack of social contacts and having few people to interact with regularly. It points out that you can live alone and not feel lonely or socially isolated. I'm going to repeat that. So, social isolation, the lack of social contacts and having few people to interact with regularly. But, remember that you can live alone and not feel lonely or socially isolated. So just because you're living alone, you may not feel that or be socially isolated. But you can also feel lonely while being with other people. That is such a good point. So I've had numerous instances in my life where I was with people and I didn't really feel like I related or was part of the group. I was just with them. It was almost like this, you know, just maybe it, not necessarily co-workers, but it could be people who maybe I went to church with years ago or my relatives. Um, so you can be with people and feel like you're just a statue in the room. Um, so the opposite of all of that, of social isolation, is contact and communication. This is really huge in my opinion. So the definition of contact and communication, which is the remedy for social isolation, the definition is the state or condition of physical touching and the state or condition of communicating or meeting. So obviously contact means 
touch to a lot of people. Um, but communication is the condition of communicating or meeting. So again, like let's say you're with a bunch of people and you feel like a statue. You're not really connecting. It's because you're not really communicating with them. Um, you're not really getting to know them. You know, there's nothing below the surface. It's just, you know, so a remedy for social isolation wouldn't be, let's start going to, you know, this place I've gone before. Let's just say a church. I'm not bashing churches, but let's just say a church where you're around people, but you never really maybe get to know them. And I'm not saying you don't get to know people at church. I'm just throwing out an example. It could be old high school friends that you never even connected with. You all just hung out. You know, it's the same thing. Until you really get to know people and communicate on a deeper level, you're not really communicating or in contact. You're just, you could be socially isolated with those people if you're not bonding with them. And I feel lucky because my Tuesday night, it's a, like a 12-step group, um, support group. I truly do feel like we really do bond and connect. And that's one thing that's so great um, if you're ever intimidated to go to a 12-step, and it really does take the right one to find. The first one I ever went to, it was a cult. I stopped going to it because they, it was some weird situation, so I stopped going to that. But the one on Tuesday nights, we really do bond. Um, it really is a real experience where you're getting to know people. So that's a huge deal. Okay, the second thing they talked about in the article was self-criticism. As I said, I do this a lot. I just call it beating myself up mentally. Um, self-criticism definition. Criticism of oneself or one's actions. So it's, you know, you say to yourself, I'm so stupid, why did I do that? I did it wrong. That's an example of self-criticism. The opposite, which is the remedy in my opinion, the opposite of self-criticism is positive self-identity or self-congratulation. So the definition of that is sense of purpose, self-esteem, and positive view of personal future, and uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's own accomplishment. So basically, you know, every day you should say, you know, you should know what your sense of purpose is, um, and have a, a positive view of your personal future. You know, whether that may be hard for you to come up with or not, um, it's worth just writing down and saying, you know, what is my purpose? What are some good things people have pointed out about me? Has someone said you're a leader? I get told by a lot of people that I have a lot of tenacity. So, you know, I'm tenacious where I, I survive. Um, I'm a survivor. So, and I think you all are too, because you, a lot of you might have complex PTSD and you're, you're still here. So you're, you know, you're surviving. So that's, that could give you a sense of purpose is that you're a survivor. Um, and a positive view of personal future is you're going to survive. You're going to be just fine. Um, and the last one, so this is the one I found most inter most interesting. Um, and I found another article that related to it that has some really interesting points in it. So the, um, the last point was laziness. And as I said, it was the first point in their article, but I'm talking about it last. So laziness definition is the quality of being unwilling to work or use energy idleness and I would say that's true for me my laziness when I'm at home is maybe not cleaning or just doing my daily chores for myself as much as I should so I'm almost maybe neglecting myself a little bit when it comes to my daily chores um, just little basic things you know just cleaning out the fridge or 
you know, just whatever it might be. It could be just the smallest things. Um, maybe not just keeping things as as nice as I could. I usually keep things nice when I know someone's coming over, but when I'm here alone, I just kind of I put things off, and I really shouldn't because I should do it for myself. But the opposite, this is the most interesting part, the opposite of laziness is energy. And the definition of energy is the strength or vitality required for sustained physical or mental activity. What I really found in relation to energy, because I wanted to know more about energy, how can I attain energy or acquire energy? I found another article titled 10 Daily Rituals That Will Increase Your Physical and Mental Energy. It's by someone, a guy named Matt Valentine. And his 10 daily rituals... Number one, develop self-awareness and live mindfully. So I've talked about mindfulness a lot on this podcast, um, and I think that's a huge, great point to start on. Um, As I said, I think I might have even said it either in the last podcast or the last second to last. Two examples of mindfulness. One is just going for a walk in the park and looking at the trees, the plants, and taking in the beauty of them. The other one that I prefer to do is to write out when I'm eating how something tastes and how something feels as I chew it and I taste it. So that's a super easy way to engage in mindfulness. And this is these are all ways to engage to acquire energy. Number two, hydrate properly. And I actually do that pretty well. I drink a lot of water every day. Um, I drink plenty of protein. Protein's huge. Number three, sit in meditation. As I said, that's something I've started doing again. It was my New Year's resolution before the New Year's. So meditating is you acquire energy, basically mental energy. Number four, this is one I could probably work on. Master your nightly routine. Turn off your phone a good hour before you go to bed. Um, You know, calm your mind. Forget all the things that are stressing you. Get ready to go to sleep. Number five, master your morning routine. Again, this is another one that's hard for me. I wake up at all weird times. Um, so waking up at the, at the same time every day is supposed to help you acquire more energy. Be active, even if only for seven minutes. I will say I'm good at this. Ever since I've stuck with my personal trainer's workouts that I did last year, I actually just did them today. Um, I did my squats, my deadlifts, my bench press. Um, you could do jumping jacks. You know, if you don't have your own equipment, you can go for a walk. But every day, be active in some way. Number seven, learn to manage strong emotions. And again, this can go back to the meditation and mindfulness, breathing in and out. Um, they And they actually recommend to breathe in through your nose and out your nose, which is how I like to do it. I've always heard people say breathe in your nose and out your mouth, but they say that actually expels energy. Cultivate compassion for strangers. This one is, I think, really huge. Um, I think this is a great point. Yes, com- cultivate compassion for strangers. Um, you know, let's say you're going through a drive through and just to say, you know, have a great day to the dri- person at the drive through or listening is one of my biggest ones because I used to interrupt people a lot and it took me a couple years just to learn to shut up and listen to somebody. And obviously, if you're listening, you're being calm. You know, you're being mindful. So number number nine is pre-plan. This is another huge thing. And they talk about this in relation to your work. This is really huge for me. 
because I don't know if I think I might have said this in a recent podcast where I I've lost a lot of my love for my history job because it's political. Um, but this is a really good idea is to pre-plan. So basically for each hour that I'm at work at the history job, plan out for, you know, 9 to 10, 10 to 11, what you, what I'm going to do for the hour. Don't do the, the same thing all day long because it'll get boring. Switch things up and maybe work on this task then go to this task and this task. Don't just work on transcribing things or putting things into the, the system. There's things I do at work. And then number 10 is stop and use your energy skillfully. So basically stop, be mindful, think about what you're doing. You know, don't, don't be in a tailspin. But this article I just thought had really great points. Um, get back to my own little thing here. So the other one I wanted to say is halt. H-A-L-T, which I've talked about in the past. A lot of that relates to kind of addictive stuff, but it can relate to everything. HALT stands for hunger, anger, loneliness, and tiredness. So if you're thinking of doing something, let's say you have an urge to go drink, um, drink alcohol, and you know you shouldn't, you should always ask yourself, am I hungry right now? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? My number one thing is I'm usually lonely. And it's not to say I don't have friends. I do have friends. Um, But the definition of loneliness is sadness because one has no friends or company or you live in a remote or unfrequented location. Um, And as I said, I do have friends, but a lot of my friends live in other places. My close friends, I should say. Um, And I don't always have a lot of company. If I'm with company, I usually go to where they live. I don't always have a lot of company where, like, over at my place. Um... But as I said, again, my Tuesday night meetings are actually really great company. Um, So again, they've really helped me a a lot. And I started going to them regularly again about two or three weeks ago. And I've actually altered my schedule to make sure I can be at those six o'clock meetings on Tuesday. Um, But that's that's the definition of loneliness. The opposite, and again, here's a remedy. The opposite of loneliness is togetherness or companions. The definition of togetherness or companions, the state of being close to other people or another person or someone you spend time with or travel with. I will say, I do have people I spend time with, but I don't have any travel partner. A lot of times that means your partner or your your spouse, your, who you travel with. If you're in high school, it's your, your, your buddies um, who you're riding around with. I will say I don't really have those people, those travel companions. Um, I do have really close friends. Most of them live in North Carolina. Um, You could consider them travel mates, um, but we just don't talk very often. But whenever we do talk, we just pick up like nothing, you know, like we've met each other yesterday. So anyway, these are just some great remedies. Um, I always try to do that, do the opposite. So if you're having an issue what is the opposite of the issue? Because that's the remedy a lot of times. Um, I hope that this helps some of you. It's a little bit longer podcast today, but um, I thought this topic was really good. And like I said, the laziness factor really stood out to me. Um, companionship for strangers stood out, the pre-plan. Um, I wanted to talk about the loneliness and the, um, again, the the, uh, the laziness because it just really stood out to me. Um, wanted to share just some different things here 
that's most of everything I had. So this is the complex PTSD guy signing off.